Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn with me if you would. Let's go back to our text, and I want to start here. Uh, Numbers chapter 13. We have been um, looking at... Really, we could say the lack of vision uh, that the children of Israel had um, in the plan that God had for their lives, had for them as a nation. They lacked vision. They had the wrong image before them. Uh, before we go forward with that, I want to remind you, we've got this book down here, here, Helping People Receive Healing. This is by Reverend Joel Siegel. This is our book of the month this month. Uh, if you don't have this book, you need to get this book uh, because your assignment on this earth until you go home is to help people receive. Not just help people uh, receive Jesus, but help people receive all of their needs. And I'm going to tell you something. Uh Money, people can have money, but if they're sick and they have pain in their body, it's over. If they get a bad doctor's report, there is nothing, their dime and their account and their investments. And this is what people quickly realize, that money, health far uh, exceeds, the importance of health far exceeds money. Because when somebody's got pain in their body and they're hurting and they're struggling, it's hard for them to to believe God. It's hard for them uh, to believe for anything for their life. It's hard for them to see past the body that they have. It's hard for them to see past the, the symptoms and the body and the struggles that their family members had. And so if we're not helping somebody to receive healing, then what are we helping them to receive? If you don't have the boldness to lay hands on the sick, that they shall recover because God did not say uh, and give us the assignment to go out and just give to the poor and to donate your money and to donate your time to charity. He said, go out, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. This is our number one assignment. So you need to be studying up on your number one assignment to pray for the sick, lay hands on, that the anointing flow through their body. The moment you lay hands on them, you need to know that you know that you know because what they know is very limited. You've got to take all that you know to make up for what they don't know. And we're going to look at that even this morning uh, with Peter and John. I hope we get there. Uh, but Numbers, let's look here at Numbers chapter 13 and verse 25. And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. Who's they? The 12 spies. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and came to all the congregation of the children of Israel under the wilderness of uh, Paran and Kadesh and brought back word unto them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Notice it said it, they brought back a word unto them. There was two words coming back. There was the word of faith. Then there was the word of doubt and unbelief. Two words. It doesn't say there was two words. It said, and brought back word, there was two reports. There's always going to be two reports in your life. You say, well, there could be multiple. No, there's always the word of the Lord 
and the word that's contrary. It could, that contrary word could come from multiple avenues. But you either have the word of the Lord, the word of God, the word from the spirit, or you have a contrary report, a contrary word. And this is what we see here. The majority brought back the contrary word. The devil will always make sure there is more that speak against God's word than speak for it. <laughs> there is, if you're hearing the word of God preach twice a week, maybe you're supplementing even during that time, during that week, uh, by hearing the word of God taught, maybe through a podcast, through YouTube, he's going to make sure that every time you hear the word, that multiple hearings of the wrong report, multiple images are going to be placed in your mind because that's the battleground. That's where he shows up. That's where he manifests the most is in your thought life. And he's going to make sure that in your thought life, you're going to have multiplied. My guess is for every two times you hear the word, 10 times as many thoughts are going to come to you contrary to what God said. Because this is the, uh, the proportion that we see. For the two men that spoke faith, for the times that you hear the word, you need to make sure that Every op opposing thought that comes, and more than likely, it's going to be 10 times more that you hear an opposing thought. 10 times more that you're going to have to put down. That's okay. That's all right. Don't get discouraged at every opportunity to declare and answer a wrong image. It doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. It means that the progress is being made that's so great that he has got... See, they were right up to the river. They were right there. Notice the wrong report didn't come three days earlier. It didn't come two days earlier. It didn't come a day before. It didn't come even before they came back. The wrong report came when they were at the river and ready to walk on through into the promise. When the bombarding thoughts start showing up, rapid fire, and it seems like it's 10 to 2. <laughs> and it seems like for every two times you declare God's word, 10 more thoughts show up. The amount of pressure is increased 10 times over. <laughs> The wrong reports come at an alarming rate. Just know this. This is exactly what they got when they were right there at the promise and ready to walk through. Amen? Don't get discouraged at the wrong word. This is what happened. They got discouraged at the wrong word that was delivered. Only two stayed encouraged by the right word. And you know what? The two that stayed encouraged, they also saw the opposition. So it doesn't matter what you see. You can never say what I see is greater than what I hear. You can never say that. What I see, but pastor, what I feel in my body, it seems to be overwhelmingly greater than what I have in my heart. I don't think my faith is quite there yet. Listen, Jesus lives on the inside of you. Jesus, the one who saw the devil defeated, the one who put your enemy under his foot 
and your foot. He is living and dwelling, residing, ever bearing witness with your spirit, God's spirit, that you are an overcomer. He didn't call you out to conform. He called you out to overcome. He didn't call them out to conform to the desert. And this is what they did for 40 years. They conformed to the desert. Don't you settle and conform to symptoms in your body. Do not conform and adjust your life to the lack and to the needs that you have and what you see. Do not conform. You were not called to be a conformist. You were called to be an overcomer. He called them out to be overcomers. But at the very pivotal moment of receiving the promise, they hadn't received it yet in the manifestation form. They had received it by God's word. If you're waiting to receive something based off of a manifestation or a feeling or something you see happen different, then the image that's in front of you is not an image of faith because faith believes it receives before a manifestation. Amen? Uh, so they come back and they have two words. You're always going to have two contrary words to what you want to see happen in your life. And they told him, uh, verse 27, they told him and said, we came unto the land with, whither thou sentest us and surely it floweth with milk and honey and this is the fruit of it. You know, this is the equivalent to you believing for something and hearing somebody else give a testimony for having believed and received that very thing that you're believing for. This is why faith cannot be based on testimonies. What testimonies do is they give us a wonderful, broad, uh, and empowering picture of who God is. But faith doesn't come from testimonies. We know God by testimonies. We, get to, uh, we encounter him through testimonies. We uh, get a, a better image of who he is and what he does by testimonies. But see, this was the equivalent. They brought back a testimony. Oh, they said, here is a, the, the grapes. Here's the fruit. Here's what's there waiting that God promised. It's all there that he said was there. They're proving to them, they're proving, uh, the two are proving to the multitude that God's word is true. He is promising and delivering. But see, even a testimony is not enough. If they couldn't trust God's word that said, cross the Jordan and this is your land, if they couldn't trust that, they can't receive. It doesn't matter what's brought in front of them. It doesn't matter what somebody else gets up and testifies and we all rejoice over and you, you get excited about. That's going to help you to understand who God is, give you this broad picture of his goodness and his greatness and what he'll do for you. But faith comes by hearing the word of God and hearing the word of God only. You can't live off of, well, if God did it for them, he'll do it for me. You've got to live on, what did God say about me? What did he tell? So if you don't know what God said about you, if you don't know what he has said to you, if the image that you have is what he did for somebody else, then you don't have the image of what he's done for you. You cannot just live off an image of what he's done in somebody else's life. It has to be the image in your life. You have to see yourself 
as an overcomer, as victorious, as healed and whole, as doing things you could never do before, as uh, uh, having the finances that you've never had before, you have to see that image, not just in somebody else, but in you. Amen? That's why even with bringing the fruit back, it still wasn't enough. Because faith doesn't come from seeing somebody else's, uh, uh, what somebody else has received, what somebody else has touched. What's, faith doesn't come from what somebody else knows of God. Faith comes uh, and is developed by what you know of God. Amen? Now, verse 28, Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there, and the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb still the people before Moses. So it was getting them all worked up. And said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able. Remember what I said, you are well able. You are well able. Say, I am well able. We are well able. I am well able. If that's all you know to get up and say, I am well able. I am well able to fulfill all that God has called me to. I am well able to live out my overcoming life in Christ. I am well able to receive all that he's promised to me. That's all God was asking him is to believe you're well able to receive. Amen. I'm well able. I'm well able. I am well able. I am well able to receive. I am well able to believe. I am well able to overcome. I am well able to face anything that comes against me. I am well able. Sometimes, listen, sometimes this is, I know that what the devil's worked in my life and I'm sure it's the same for you. Nothing's even going wrong, but he'll give you one image that to, to cause you to think that that is too big for you to be well able to overcome. He brings a thought that isn't even relevant to your life. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're not even facing that. You're not even dealing with that. You're not even struggling with that. But he will bring a thought of failure, defeat, something that you just won't be able to get past, something that this is it. If this ever happens to you, you're done. If you ever lose your job, that's it. It's all over. If they ever let you go, that's it. Financially, you'll never recover. You'll lose it all. If you ever have a symptom that even seems like maybe what your grandma struggled with and what your grandpa died of and what your family history is, if you get that symptom, just you know, that's it. You don't even have the symptom. (laughs) What is that? An image a deposit of an image in your thought life that you think I will never be well able to overcome that. He's trying to get you to live in the unable. The devil keeps us trying to live in the land of the unable. That's what the desert was, the land of the unable. 
They decided for 40 years, we are the unable. A lack of faith is a lack of ability. If you have faith and you hear the word of God, just know this, you are well able, full of God's divine ability. How does God live? By faith. How does he exist? By faith. What does he do? He speaks his own words and causes things to form in this, in this universe, in your life. God has formed everything that you see by the words of his mouth. And then he gave us that exact same assignment. Speak the word, speak my word, and form what you need to see happen in your life. Go into the land of the well-able. Step out into the territory of the well-able. But if you stay with an image of defeat, always living with the what-ifs, you are in the desert living as the unable. Amen. I don't want to be unable. I don't want to look back over my life and say I was unable because not because of God. I was unable because of my lack of faith, because my lack of doing the word of God, my lack of believing and trusting and getting a new image of who I am in Christ and, and, and renewing my mind to the image of being an overcomer, not just an adapter. People who are unable, they just adapt to their surroundings. Amen? So these people decided we're going to be uh, the unabled, crippled in the desert. And then we're going to talk against the one who made us more than conquerors, who made us able. So I want us to look at this morning... After they had given, it says in verse 32, they brought up an evil report, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying the land which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. Uh, so they again, they repeat that who they were facing was greater than who had brought them there. Who and what you're facing is never greater than the one who's on the inside of you. That is the image that you must keep in front of you. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me than he or it or that or what that I may face in the world. The devil is the one who affects the these and the thous and the those and the this and the this may happen and that may happen. He is the one who is authoring all these things in your life, these thoughts that come, these images that come. Maybe it is uh, uh, something that you're, you're facing. It's a reality. If you have a reality in your life, it's not just a wrong image. It's not a wrong thought, but you are facing a reality of a situation. The only way to get past that is a new image, which is revelation. Revelation is the only thing that can get you past a reality in your life. Is revelation in God's word. Revelation always brings a new image. Revelation, not just hearing a general word and going, yes, that sounds nice. Yes, I have. When it becomes revelation to your spirit, when the word is revealed divinely and deposited in your spirit, not just heard casually, but divinely, there's a difference. But when you have divine ears, when you've got ears to hear, when you've got ears to receive, amen, not just ears to, to, to listen and, and go, oh, that's nice. 
When you've got ears to receive revelation, you can overcome every reality in your life. You have to have revelation to overcome the reality of a need in your life. Well, how do you know that? Because when it came time after 40 years to go in, God said, get in my word. He was basically saying, you need revelation. (laughs) You have the faith to go in, but you're going to need the revelation to take every obstacle, every mountain and overcome every army that you're going to face. Because yes, those armies are a reality. Yes, you may have a need that's very much a reality. You may have a financial need that you say, this isn't just a a thought that the devil's bringing. This is real. This is real. These symptoms are real. This isn't just an image that he's trying to, to tempt me to take. This isn't just a thought that he's bringing. This is now a reality. These uh, uh, giants were a reality in their life. And when it, was came, it, when it came time to take them, God said, now, Joshua, you're going to need revelation. Get in the word day and night. How badly Do you want to change the reality that you're facing? Then get in the word day in, day out and get some revelation because that's what it's going to take. If it took revelation to get a man who had lived by faith for 40 years and you just in one moment think, I'm going to take this now. Hold up. Do you have the revelation to speak to, to answer and to overcome that reality that you're facing? You got to have the revelation of it. It, Listen, images will paralyze you. Have you ever had that? Images will paralyze you. You, you, You'll see things. How many of you know, mamas, how many of you know the devil will give you an image of your children? Let me tell you, I, I can't tell you how many times I've had an image. You know, the devil put an image in my mind about my children, th- about, about things that are going to happen, things he, he can do, things that, you know, he, he'll go from every which angle regarding your family. Seems like the mamas deal with that. Mothers and wives deal with those images, that constant bombardment, uh, seasons, it seems like constant bombardment of images of what he's going to try to do to your family, to your home. That's because he knows on the inside of you, you've got the faith, you've got the understanding, you've got the greater one regarding your family that will cause you to help every member of your family be an overcomer. And he's afraid of that. He's afraid that if you just got that revelation, if you took your place, he doesn't want you taking your place regarding your home life. He wants to keep you crippled with an image of what he's going to do because he knows if you ever get an image, if you ever get the image of who the word of God says you are as a mother, as a wife, as a grandmother, if you ever get the right image in front of you, he knows that nothing will be withheld from you, that every giant falls, everything that he tries to do has to come down. Amen. Don't let those images paralyze you in the, in the same way the, the devil, the enemy will bring images to the husbands, to the head of the home. That business is going to fail. They're going to let you go. That job will never work. You'll become obsolete. They're not going to need you. And he'll start bringing an image of 
them as as the head of the home not being able to provide, not being able uh, to be worth anything. He'll reduce your worth in the in, in the thoughts in your in your thought life. He'll reduce your worth so that you'll start believing that you're worth less than what Christ paid. He wants you to believe you're worth less than the price that Christ paid for you. Hold fast to the fact that great a price, such a high price was paid for your life, for your family, for your children, for your needs. If that great high price was paid for your needs, if you lost that job, that high price is still speaking on your behalf. That high price will cause all that your family needs to come into your hands. Amen? The image that you have is on you, not on him. If you're struggling with an image of defeat, of failure, of being let go, of being rejected, then your image is on yourself because you will always come up short. Moms, you'll always come up short in who your family needs you to be. You'll always come up short. But if you stay in him, if you get revelation in him, he will always cause you to triumph. And even if you face things that your family before you never face, even if you come up on a situation and you say, I've never dealt with this before. What do I do? How do I handle this? Because with being parents, there's always new situations. As kids get older, it's always something new. <laughs> always something new. But at every uh, new adventure, every new opportunity for faith, God will bring new revelation. The Holy Ghost will bring new understanding. Amen. Amen. But if you keep that image of the what ifs and what's going to happen and what if this happens and what if that happens, if that's the image that's in front of you, you'll never conform yourself to his image. You won't realize that he's got an image that he wants to, to, to uh, take for your family and for your home life and for your marriage. He's got his own image that he sees. We've got to see what he sees. Amen? Now, if you'll turn with me, go to Luke chapter 8. Because we're still on this, that the word of God, we've got to get a new image through God's word. What happened when Peter sank when he was walking on the water? He got the image of the wind and the waves in front of him because when Jesus was the image in front of him, he was walking victoriously, living out a miracle, walking out a miracle. The key to your miracle is what image do you keep in front of you? How much time are you committing and devoting? It shows you that the moment, if you're facing something great, the moment you take your eyes off of God's word, the sinking may not come in the natural, but the sinking will start up here. Peter sunk in his thought life before he ever sunk physically. Anybody who's struggling with any sort of defeat, they sunk and they failed in their mind before they, they, they failed in the spirit of their mind before they ever failed in the natural. But look here. In Luke chapter eight, verse 40, 
And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had only one daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay uh, she lay a-dying, but as he went, the people thronged him, and a woman having an issue of blood twelve years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her, the, her issue of blood uh, stanched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that the virtue is gone out of me. He perceived power had gone out of him. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling, and falling down before him, she declared unto him before all the people, For that cause she had touched him, and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her daughter, Be of good comfort, thy faith hath made thee whole, go in peace. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. Now before this, Jesus had raised up uh, a young uh, a son, a mother. She was taking her son to be buried. A man was carrying him and he had so much compassion. This, this mother was walking with her son's casket and Jesus had so much compassion on uh, this mother. He saw her weeping that he went over and it says uh, he touched the man who was walking, uh, stopped and he touched, basically touched that, that casket that, that that boy was laid in, that son was laid in and he raised him up. So he, they had already seen, notice this, they had already seen somebody raised from the dead. At this multitude, I don't know how many were there that saw it, uh, but surely um, there, there had been word. It says after that had happened, word had gone out. So there was rumor that Jesus knew how to raise somebody from the dead, okay? This isn't a first time. Um, this isn't his first rodeo uh, facing death. And look here in verse 49, while he had spake, there cometh one from the rule of the synagogue's house saying to him, thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. You understand during this whole uh, situation, the image of his sick 12-year-old daughter suffering with a fever, withering away is in his mind this entire time. Parents, think of that. The image of his daughter. He is wonderful that he's with the master. And he does believe he just needs the master to come to his house. But he's never seen his child raised up. He's never seen somebody in his family raised up. I'm talking about just being raised up from healing, much less from death. So now he's having to walk by faith with Jesus. Then he gets stopped and more time is being taken. That's more time that he has to think about his sick and dying daughter at home, struggling, suffering, withering away, moaning, aching. I'm going to go with this situation didn't look too good. And he still has this image. After all this is happening, he's still having to deal with this image. I don't care how long you have to answer and cast down a thought. If it's every hour, every minute, every day, you cast down and answer that thought. 
no matter how bad it gets. But now he's got a new image. He knows what she looks like sick on the bed. Now he's got an image of her dead on the bed. The image didn't get any better. If you're waiting for things to look better before you get up and rejoice and shout and get excited, what I, I said before, you know, people say, oh, he's, you know, the, the, we sing it and we talk about it. He's turned my morning into dancing. But see, in the New Testament, we got to do our dancing sometimes before things come out of morning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Faye says, I dance before the morning stops. Faye says, I dance before anything that uh, would give me any reason to rejoice. So sometimes that image, it may get worse. <laughs> just, just know that. He may not quit. He, the bombardment may, he's a liar and a thief. He's trying to see if you'll take the lie so he can be the thief. If you don't take the lie, he cannot be the thief in your life. So here he is, and he's going, okay, now I had the image of my daughter sick. Now I've got an image of her dead. And Jesus is so good. He is so faithful. How many of you have been there when you were struggling, and you came to a service, and you heard one word, one word, and it answered? This is exactly what Jesus did for J. Iris. Because, see, they didn't have the word. He didn't have the word the same way we do. And this is the way I picture it. They said, hey, don't come. Uh, don't even bother the master. She's already dead. I always just picture Jesus immediately, immediately saying, fear not. Basically, as soon as that man got done saying that sentence, don't bother the master. He said, fear not. Fear not. He answered, so he was demonstrating. He didn't say he paused. He didn't say, what did he say? It said he heard him, and then he told J. Iris, this is how we are supposed to be. This is, how, this is a demonstration for our life. The moment you hear a wrong, opposing thought that gives you a wrong image, you need to immediately turn and answer. Immediately turn and respond. Don't ponder. Don't think about it. Don't think, well, maybe if that happened, if I did this, this is what happens when people have a wrong image and they get an image of a financial failure. They start trying to answer that image of financial failure with a plan B, C, and D that they can do to make up for the lost money, to make up for the lost time. There's only one answer and that's plan A, the word of God. God is my provider. God is my source. And that's what happens with people is, and, and human nature wants to immediately as soon as he heard, she's dead, don't bother the master. Okay, well, good thing I made that deposit on that casket a couple weeks ago. <laughs> good thing we had picked out our plots. Good thing all the families gathered. You know, that, that's immediately what's going to go through his head. Good thing the family's there. Now we can go ahead and, and, and bury my daughter. And Jesus said, fear not. What was he saying? Don't take that thought. Don't take that thought. And he said unto her daughter, be of good, uh, or verse 50, for when Jesus heard, he answered and saying, fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. There is the answer for you. If you're struggling to believe, you will struggle to receive. Fear not, only believe. Answer the thought, believe, and you'll receive. 
answer the thought, believe, and you'll receive. That's what he did. He said, fear not. He answered the thought. And then he said, believe only. How do you believe? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Focus on. If you're answering, now go focus on uh, your believing. You can't just answer and then float around and think the answering's enough. You've got to get in the word. Answer and then meditate on the word. Answer, speak, and then stay, stay focused on what the word of God said so that your believing isn't tripped up. That, that believing creates a new image. The answer, answering it, casts down, as it says in Corinthians, and we'll, we'll get there eventually, casts down, the answering casts down that image that's trying to exalt itself over your life. But the word causes a new image to form in its place. It's not enough to cast down an image if you're not putting a new image in its place. If you're casting down and answering, that's wonderful. If you take that answer it book and you do that, that's wonderful. But if you're only stopping at, I know how to answer. Oh, I identified that wrong image and I answered. But you're not raising up a new image in its place. If you're not meditating on the word and raising up something for you to look at and believe in, you're going to struggle. It's twofold. Answer it and then speak the word. Just This is what Jesus had to demonstrate for us. Fear not, believe only, and you shall receive. She shall be whole. Look at 51. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go and save Peter and James and John and the father and the mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her. But he said, weep not. She is not dead, but sleepeth. How many of you know that J. Iris was thinking, well, I heard he raised up somebody once. And the devil always likes to bring, but not this time. <laughs> but not you. You haven't done this, this, this. You know what? It happened last time, but not this time. It happened for so-and-so, but it's not going to happen for you. He loves to bring out and to emphasize all of your shortcomings, all of your mistakes, all of your failures, so that you think it is not going to happen for me. This is what pastor always says in these times. This is why we need a savior. You're right, devil. I did fail. You're right. I have been living with that wrong thought for a long time and not answered it. You're right. I've been dealing and struggling with this and I've let it live with me for quite some time now. But you know what? It is going to happen this time. I am well able to overcome. I will not be defeated. I will not back down. And all I need to do is today get in the word of God, get a new image set before me that I believe I shall receive. That's what he's afraid of. He's afraid as he was with the children of Israel that you'll just keep taking steps. He was just afraid they'd keep taking steps and get to that river and cross right over and go right in. He was afraid of steps taken. The devil is afraid of every step you take in faith. He's not afraid of the manifestation. He's afraid of you living a life of faith. He's afraid because if you live a life of faith today with what you're facing, you'll carry that over to the next situation and the next situation and the next situation 
Amen? So today, I'm well able. Today, you're well able. Today, we answer. Today, we get in back in God's word, get a new image. We get that image of defeat. We get that image of we're going to stay where we're at for the rest of our lives. We get that image out uh, of fear, of death. Fear and death are the same thing. If you cast out fear, you cast out death. We get those new images put up of what God said about us. If you don't know what God said about you, you've got to get in his word and find out. This is what happened uh, for Jairus. Jesus was giving him a new image. Only believe. She's not dead. And thank God, I believe Jairus did believe. And that's what allowed Jesus and gave Jesus permission to work in, in behalf of his family. Amen. So we want to, let's go ahead and we'll end with that today. This morning, I want to do something. If you have pain or symptoms in your body, I just want you to stand up right where you're at. If you need healing in your body this morning and you came with pain and symptoms, I don't want anybody moving around. If you've got pain, now is the time for it to minister healing. If you've got pain in your body, stand up. I see all over people standing. If you've got pain and symptoms in your body, just lift your hands right now to heaven. Father, we thank you for these this morning who have stood up boldly in the face of their need, in the face of the symptoms and the things that they're facing in their body. Father, we know this, you are the healer and you have made us healed and whole. Devil, you're the one that comes to lie to us, that comes to try to get us to see a different reality but the truth of it is, Jesus bore every symptom, bore every disease, bore every sickness, every pain, every ache. He took it on the cross. It was laid on him. And now, Father, you've laid hold of us. And you've laid upon us healing. You've laid upon us health. You've laid upon us, you laid upon him sickness, but you have laid upon us wholeness. And right now I speak to every symptom in their body. Leave in Jesus' name. Healing power flowing from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. We declare them healed and whole in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. Just stretch your hands out towards somebody who's next to you. We believe they've received. We thank you, Father. The word is living in their bodies. The word is powerful, moving throughout their bodies. The word is healed and whole. Healed and whole. They're healed and whole in Jesus' name. Ah, thank you, Father. Healed and whole. Somebody right now, if that's you, you've got pain in your back. Is there anyone in here right now, you've got pain in your back? You're struggling right here, pain in your back. I just keep hearing pain in your back. Just lift your hands. Right now, it's healed in Jesus' name. Completely free of that back pain. Free in Jesus' name. There it goes. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 
somebody struggling with their ears. They've had ear, you've had ear issues. Is there anyone in here that has, raise your hand if you've got ear issues. Steph, just lift your hands. I speak to those ear issues. Leave her body in Jesus' name. There it goes. Thank you, Father. Ah, thank you, Father. That anointing flowing from ear to ear, driving out every difficulty, every complication. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for it. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. Just worship him. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship our healer. We magnify our healer. We glorify our healer. We glorify. We thank you for the new image that we have before us of a divine healer. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. We look to you. We see everything laid upon you. We see all that we are dealing with, all that we're struggling with. We lay it on you this morning. We lay it on you, Jesus. You took it. You took it. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, we praise you. Somebody, you've got pain in your right foot. Is there somebody here, you've got pain in your right foot? They may be watching. You've got pain in your right foot. Difficulties. Could be a difficulty you're having, moving, walking. Is there anyone here? Pain right here. Just lift your hand. Healed. In Jesus' name, the power of God going right through that leg all the way down to the foot, healed and whole. We thank you, Father. Anyone in your lungs, I just heard your lungs. You're having difficulties with your lungs. I don't know if it's asthma. I don't know if it's congestion. But you're having difficulty. And maybe you don't even know if it's your lungs, but it's maybe could be here in the chest cavity. Is there anyone here? Right now, you've got pain here in your chest in the lung area. Would you raise your hand? Again, it could be somebody watching by live stream. Somebody in your lungs, somebody in your chest, just reach your hands out. Father, we thank you for that one watching by live stream. They're healed, completely made whole, restored in Jesus' name, a restoration. I just hear a restoration to your lungs, a restoration to your breathing, a restoration. God restoring the difficulties. God restoring what was damaged. I thank you, Father. You restore. You not only heal, but you restore, Father. You restore and make whole. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We glorify you. We glorify you. Right now, as a congregation, let's just take the opportunity that if you've been dealing with a thought, you've been struggling, that you need to let that go. You need to cast that on over. You need to answer it. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to answer every thought that's been coming and bombarding your mind. Every image that's trying to exalt itself, uh, itself above who God has made you to be and where he's brought you to. Cast it down this morning. Cast it down. Take a moment. Cast that. Answer it. And then consecrate yourself to getting a new image 
This week, you're going to get in the word of God and you're going to meditate on a new image. I thank you, Father. You have given us the authority to cast down, to answer, to bring down every thought, every reasoning, everything that tries to exalt itself. Because, Father, we know this. We have been exalted. I have been raised up. These people have been raised up above every thought the enemy. We cast it back down where it came from. And we recognize that we have been raised up, seated in heavenly places where thoughts have no place in our life. Thoughts have no uh, 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 foothold, no stronghold. We don't allow the strongholds that the devil brings to come up to where we're seated. We cast them this morning. We cast them back down where they came from. And we consecrate ourselves, Father, to keep casting and keep casting and keep answering and keep the image of who we are and who you've made us to be in front of us. In Jesus' name, amen. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.